Hi, I'm Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy and host of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. Every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, I talk to my best friend, Stephen Othello, and your favorites from within the Ringer and beyond about friendships on TV, in movies, pop culture, and our real lives. So join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, where we try to answer the question TLC asked back in the day, what about your friends? This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. When your personal care routine needs a refresh, Dr. Squatch is here to help. They have high-performing natural products with no harmful ingredients that'll have you looking and smelling your best. Like the Bay Rum Soap and Deodorant. It smells delightfully spicy. And right now, they have an amazing offer for new customers. Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or a subscription order by going to drsquatch.com Spotify or use the code Spotify at checkout. Listeners, welcome to Sound Only. I'm Justin Cherry. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts here today with an in-memoriam episode to celebrate an American icon commemorating the death of American media mogul, Logan Roy. Logan, it's, it's, it's American media titan. Titan, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, Mogul, you're right. You. Mogul yeah. makes it sound like he's puffy. You're right. It's, it's yeah. like, he didn't found yeah, like, Revolt TV. He wasn't okay? diving into pools on TikTok at the end. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he he died on a on a private jet to, to Sweden. In the bathroom. Yeah, in the, in the, in the, air, in the, to, in the airport, in the airplane toilet, you know? Like, um, like, that's, a, that's like a rapper. That's some real rapper shit. He went out like a rapper. In a, in a sense. Not to be too morbid about that, but... Um, Which rapper? Okay. Which rapper? You talking well, about you're like... Right. If, it's if, like, I, it's like, how, a rapper, like how a rapper wishes they would go out. It's like it's, it's like the kind of death Rick Ross raps about. Ex- exactly, because yeah. he had an actual seizure and had to make an emergency yes. landing on a plane once. And this they rapped is, about it in Maybach Music 5. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is the... This is the... This is the... I struggle to even call it filmy death that Rick Ross would have envisioned for himself. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, we're in like season three. I'm mean, sorry. We're in season four, right? Episode three of the final season of Succession. Logan Roy dies. Everyone's talking about it. This is a good time for the two of us to re-enter Succession discourse, right? And it's it's... It's one of those episodes you got into, you got 15 minutes into it and you're like, is this the half season finale? Like it, it feels early for the things that were happening for this to be happening in episode three of, in a lot of 10 episodes of television. Yeah. And Um, I was, I was watching like the New York Times, they did kind of like an exit interview with Brian Cox, right? Who plays Logan. And even he was like, oh, you know, they told me he's going out. I was like episode seven, episode eight. And he's like, Jesse Armstrong told him it's episode three. He's like, that's kind of early. Yeah. He said, it's a bit early, don't you think? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, but like, you know, the rest of that interview is him talking about, well, I've got this, I've got like, I know what I'm doing until next summer. It's, <laughs> he's it's like, I'm like, going back know, to the theater. Whatever. Like, it's like, I'm going back to the theater. Fuck out of here. I'm, <laughs> the ink is dry on the check. 
It's like it's how the it's how he the McDonald's reads. commercials. He got McDonald's money now, and he's going back to the theater. It's like push a T and fucking Brian Cox icons of McDonald's history. Um, how dare you sell a square fish? <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, yes, Brian Cox. Uh, giving his exit interview for the show. And additionally, uh, there was some, uh, he had some interesting things to say about American television writ large. Oh yeah. He, Um, yeah. He got to like barred everybody up. (laughs) He always does this in interviews. Because (laughs) it was sort of like the thing that we were talking about in season three. Like maybe I, like I was more, I was more on this boat than you were, but it was just sort of like, you know, maybe they, you know, tease this out a little too long and it's begun to eat its own tail a little bit. But I honestly think that the best version of this show might be coming, like in the, yeah. in the coming episodes yeah. of uh, this season. Um, and he was just saying that, like, a lot of American TV tends to go by its sell-by date. Pass its sell-by date is what he called it. Yeah. Um, where, like, there's no thing, like... I mean, like, we go back to Cowboy Bebop a lot because it was, like, really perfect execution of a TV show. But it's just, like, they came, they did the thing they came to do, and then they left. Like, there's not a lot of American shows that are like that because once, especially not in the age of, in the age of, I sound a thousand years old, but, like, (laughs) social media. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it's there. it will already be alive for the second season. You're hearing about it renewed after episode two. And you don't know how it ends or whether it's like, you know, an actual, like, succinctly well-told story in, in its first season. You might get to episode seven and it falls the fuck off, but you still got a second season because the studio already renewed it. Um, but I, you can tell in the interview reading it that, like, Cox has a lot of respect for Jesse Armstrong and the way that he did the show. Um, and, I mean, it is an excellent episode of television. Yeah. Um. What can we before we work up to that, like to the episode analysis itself? I want to say one more thing to your point about how we were reacting to season three, right, on earlier episodes, and also kind of the idea of even succession sort of risking being long in the tooth, right? It's like I think it's easy to underrate the fact that, but there's kind of a tension in succession, right? It's a kind of show where the core conflict has just not changed a ton since the first episode of the first season. And yet, Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways, it nonetheless was a very different show in the beginning, right? If you think about the Kendall to everyone else ratio of season one succession, it's just super different, right? And so the season three stuff, even if I think maybe on an episode to episode level, I think especially in the first half of season three, if I think it, it starts to get a little bit watery, right? I do think that a lot of that is kind of part of the mission creep, right? Of that show ultimately committing to expand and really flesh out the other siblings and then the sort of peripheral like Tom, Greg characters and then give Kendall his weird comfrey entourage and all that stuff, right? And it's sort of to your point about the best version of the show still being arguably to, to come sort of now that Logan isn't even here anymore. Yeah, it's almost like season three in a lot of ways worked as set up for something, you know, at least like I think in contrast to what you're saying about what sometimes happens to American TV shows, right? In the spirit of 
the stuff that that Brian Cox is talking about in that interview, a lot of the time it feels the worst when a show kind of has a lot of chaff. And then by the time you do get to the series finale, you can still look back and be like, yeah, but there was still that like bad season or that run of bad seasons that really had no point and felt ultimately like a digression. Whereas I at least think with Succession, I see the point of a lot of season three. And I, it feels like it, it, you kind of needed it, right? Yeah. To, to work up to this. Yeah, to the, the I siblings think... siblings having to carry the show, basically, for the last, like, seven episodes. You need a lot of it in order for the fourth season to work and to feel like the culmination of things that it is, regardless of the fact that, like, yeah, a lot of things, like, the, the stakes, like, just rose for the first time in four seasons, really. Yeah. Like, and the situation is not entirely different than it was in the first episode. I mean, like, Logan suffering a massive stroke mm-hmm. um, and it being a discussion about, well, like, he's, you know, getting up there in age and, like, he's having serious health crises now. We need to start talking about who's going to be next. Um, the, the kids still don't know whether or not to... They can't even trust whether he's dead or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that is, like... <laughs> Like, their reactions are that of, like, you know, people that don't... Like, it's sort of like somebody not really believing that their abuser is dead. Like, it's very, like, intensely human in that way. But, like, to get there, like, yeah, you need some of the stuff that even feels a little bit meandering in season three. Like... um, Yeah, that, that... I guess we'll circle back around to the specific like aftermath of the the plane stuff. If we get set up, because I think it's important to talk about like kind of how the episode, or really, I guess the season works up to it. I'm really, I'm really stuck sort of on, you know, it's like this merger is pending, the Gojo acquisition of Waystar Royco, and Logan wants to spin off ATN, the news network, and he sort of like is threatening to kind of turn ATN into his kind of his sort of last corporate stand, like it's going to be his fiefdom. He's going to totally rebrand it. He's going to, you know, recast the primetime lineup. He goes into the newsroom and starts bitching about the AC he gives bill. gives a speech <laughs> on top of like, you know, printer paper. There's, yeah. <laughs> it's just like such a thing from like a Scorsese movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a, in a, in like in a movie, like, I mean, like in a show where like, you know, people do mundane shit, like stand in line for coffee. So it doesn't work. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's sort of like, you know, before you had the, the, the trading floor speeches, you had Matthew McConaughey sitting up at a, at, you know, a table in a lunch suite doing bumps off of, you know, the butter knife. And, you know, going like, hmm, into the whatever. <laughs> like, so you're already, you're already primed for weird shit like that to happen. But it's yeah. just like, it falls so flat on the ground. Yeah. Like, while he's giving this, you know, fire and brimstone speech about, like, this is what ATM will be in the future and I'm not going anywhere. I'm not fucking leaving. It's I'm not like, fucking leaving. I'm not yeah. fucking leaving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <sighs> it's great for how like it seems to f- like for if it, it's so great because like Cox is like and is so titanic like yeah. as like you know like the way that he is the way that he acts everything how fully he commits to the character 
but in that the rest of the room is just going like monochrome, like as he's speaking, like it's just life sliding out of everybody. Oh. And it's also the one guy who's just like, I'm just a nigga that sends emails. Like, I, I don't need this. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> He's just at his computer. Like, I, I wasn't ready for any of this. Like, come on now. <laughs> I have a lunch break. <laughs> like, We're all just looking at each other like, wow, our jobs are pointless. Yeah, yeah, we're screwed. Um, and it's like this whole, it, this weird conquest, right, he does on the, on the printer paper at his big speech, right? It's sort of, his last kind of puffing up of his chest. And yet, I mean, it's like we have the benefit of hindsight now. Um, I will say that the, the the show is always kind of threatening to kill Logan, like I said, from the beginning. I will say season three, if you remember the episode where Kendall and Logan are forced to go on the hike with Adrian Brody in upstate New York. And he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, he Logan literally is, is about to keel over he's and gonna, die on the way yeah. back. Yeah. That was the first time I really was like, he's definitely not making it to the end of this series. Right. And then I think in the, in the, the stretch we're talking about in this season with him terrorizing his own newsroom. Right. I think it's the aftermath where he's sitting in the room with Jerry. Right. And it's like, think about it, like Jerry for the whole series is always on the other end of Logan going on these rants where he's talking about what he is and isn't going to do. And normally, normally Jerry is shooting him these looks of like, uh, uh, sure, whatever. Anyway, we have to do. And it's like in this moment, it's like a moment you've seen a million times. And yet the cut to Jerry is the first sign you get of like, oh, no, something's wrong. Because like the way she looks at him in that moment is like. Oh, he's a dead man walking. Like she, she's she. Her money is no longer in on this guy, and it's like, yeah, the fact that Logan himself accurately reads that, and then the rest of that whole sequence is like, I'm gonna get Jerry fired. <laughs> yeah, like it's it is because I mean, like there's there's Carrie stopping to t- turn him on the Dog street and be Carrie. like, you know, how are you doing? Like, you know, how are you feeling? Yeah. And he's just yeah. like, why does everybody keep asking me that? I'm yeah. great. I'm selling my decision. <laughs> yeah. Like it's. He's kind of been doing this, honestly, since he had the Cynilic episode in season three. Yeah. Where And, like, you know, they're just kind of like, or maybe this was actually before. This is maybe in season two where they were just kind of like, but that the FB, they're, they're niggas in windbreakers at the doors downstairs. <laughs> There's, yeah. He said, yeah. Yeah, like, it's just like, we have to let the alpha boy, bet boys in or they're going to break the door down. He's just kind of like, tell the fuck off. <laughs> like, and... <laughs> And that's like really that thing that you're talking about where Jerry's just kind of like, okay, well, you know, this is you play ball with the DOJ, actually. <laughs> like, this this is like, you know, this is the judicial arm of the government that we need to deal with, you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, but it's continuing on. And then, like, yes, it, it culminates in that scene where it's sort of like, him reclining in the chair and kind of like scratching his temple and being like, I need to orchestrate an assassination here. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry ain't even do that, man. Like, come on now. That was when he really fucked up. That's when he crossed the wrong. She noticed my (laughs) handshaking. She's got to go. She got to go. She got to go. And so, yeah, uh, we work up to this and it's like Connor's wedding. And then they're, I forget even the thing is like one thing I lose track of in the episode from from last night is like 
what even the state of the merger is. Because it's the one part where they're on the phone. It's like Matson's on the phone with Kendall being like, you're fucking me on the price. And all this like dramatic shit is going on. And at that point, I don't care about the merger anymore because it's like clear some other shit is happening, right? And it's like, that's kind of what Logan keeling over on the private jet interrupts, right? Is this kind of back and forth, you know, merger chess. Um, and yeah, the way the way Logan's death plays out is weird, right? Like there's a kind of paranoid quality to it uh, down to like the ambiguity about whether he's dead or not. Like he's, he, he's in a bathroom on the plane, the way he's shot. It's like, it's such a narrow space that all you ever really see is like Carrie and Tom like around him. It's such a good soap opera. Like it's such yeah. a good, it's such a soap good opera, execution yeah. of a soap. Yeah. Like, cause I mean like everything about those shows is people reacting to information. Like it's basically like, you know, uh, Tammy slept with her trainer in the city. When is Brian going to find out? And it's like Tammy sharing it with her friends. And then, you know, like, yeah, it's basically <laughs> like, it's, it's seriously, it's all about like the spread, like the spread of information. Yeah. Like that's what, that's what soap operas are. And so like, it's so well executed to have like Logan, exist at the beginning of the episode on a phone call opposite Roman where he's telling him like, hey, I figured out how I'm going to get rid of Jerry. You do it. All right. Yeah. Are you with me or not? Like, and he's in the in the reclining in the seat of his Maybach with his expensive $7,000 sunglasses on being like, you know, who else you really try to be with but me on the phone to his son. And that's like the last you see of him. Uh, before that shot where it's just kind of like you it's one minute it's Tom speaking on the phone about they're doing chest compressions and then there is like the sequence where they give Roman the phone he's just kind of like you can talk to him if you want I don't know if he's oh, responding he yeah. <laughs> it's and, like what is he some weird shit to his dad in that moment I mean like it's literally it's every like him Kendall and and uh, and Shiv like that is some of the best acting they've yeah. done on this whole show. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's just I like, agree. what would you, what would you do? And that like, when yeah. you had, like they all had serious beef with their father right before he passed. And then it was just like, like that they couldn't say anything. They like, it was, that was your last chance to say anything. And then Kendall says like, I can't forgive you, but <laughs> and then that's yeah. his last word. No, I mean like, they're but, like, Every single one of them is actively stumbling yeah. through their feeling. Like they yeah. had no idea what they were going to say before they got on the phone. Yeah. And it's this kind of like, I really was, I was in it. Yeah. Once Rome, like, like he was just sort of like, <laughs> I forget what he says. He says some weird shit. At the no, he end. says, he says, Hey, you know, like, and you, you were a good dad. I can't do this. Uh, and then he hands the phone off. Like, and it's like, it's just sort of like, get this thing away from me. I can't yeah. do it. It's like each of them are kind of really barreling into their respective part of the Cooper Ross model, like for yeah. the next 30 minutes. And it is like 30 minutes. They are focused on this one thing and it drags out. The reason that it drags out so long is, is the only real indication that you as a viewer are given that, yeah, he's really dead. But the way it's drawn out and the way that there are nothing but yes men around 
and no one to tell anybody the truth. Yeah. It makes this so nerve wracking. It's yeah. so good. I saw I saw like a stray complaint of people being like, well, it's annoyingly written because it's like nine minutes between when he's first on the phone and the chest compression. Twenty pages. Like, I'm yeah, like, dog, that's the scene. It's like the whole point though, right? It's like the whole point is like milking that tension. And it's also like you're killing you're killing like the unkillable god, right? Like it's what did you want? Like a scene that's three minutes long and they move on? It's like, no, I think it's it's beautiful that sense that, of paranoia that emerges. And the thing you're talking about too, it's like Roman just, saying, like, you know, you can't be dead. You're a monster. Yeah, you, yes, that line. The <laughs> like the line of like, you're gonna be okay because you're a monster and you're gonna win, is what he says, right? Yeah. And it's also the line of like, like that tension, right? I think. The thing that's impressive about the acting, right, is that everyone has to turn on a dime in this moment, right? You're watching these kind of like sniveling, scheming, ungrateful kids who do love their fun. Like that's that's always the tension of the show dramatically, right? Is this idea that like they're cynical people, they're greedy in a lot of ways, but also like, yeah, at the heart of this is that they have all of these unresolved daddy issues, frankly, right? And it's sort of mm -hmm. all of that is turning on a dime in this moment. And it sort of, it rings through in moments like, one, I want to say a huge part of what's so impressive about it is like, they're shooting the plane part in this narrow space. And meanwhile, all the kids, right, are acting like into a phone, right? That's the thing. It's like all of this acting is happening and the, like their whole experience of their father's death is being mediated by them passing this fucking phone around. But it's like the one moment, I think it's when he's, I think when Kendall is on the phone with Carl, and and he's like, oh Frank is, is like he was no, on, when he was Frank. on the yeah when he was on the phone with Frank, um because I mean at one point once they like hand the phone to Kendall Kendall's just like he tries to take charge and it goes really yeah, poorly yeah. you know like <laughs> as it always does yeah. with Kendall but it's just like if I was to describe to somebody who hadn't watched the episode of television like what I mean by it being like intensely human and like unapproachably bizarre is like that scene where he's like storming up the 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 yacht steps talking to Jessica's assistant being like we need the 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 world's foremost airplane medicine expert on there like get them <laughs> yeah. on the fucking call yeah, like yeah, it's just like yeah. such a like what even is that what are you talking about yeah what are you talking about yes yeah like and he's <laughs> trying to talk to Frank in this jar and like this this business jargon as if like you know <clears throat> as if they're on, you know, floor 37 of their building talking about this meeting that they have later on in the day. He tries to get into that register and he's just kind of like, all right, well, just, you know. Do a good job. I need to talk like, to, do a good yeah, job. he says, make sure they do it right. And do he was right, just like. Yeah. The pilot. He's talking to the he's, pilot. He's just, he said, I want to talk to the pilot. He <laughs> like, said, I want to talk to the pilot. And he, and Frank is just like, well, he can't because he's, he's spying the plane. So. <laughs> Seriously, though, it is so like everything in it is like really inhale perfect. Like, yeah, like to the point where like Frank is like really trying to patiently work through this, like with Kendall, like not really sure like what he owes him at this. Are you fired or not? Like, you know, he's right back where he started. Yeah, Him, Carl, all of them are right back where they started. Are we fired or not? Do I need to pay deference or not? But I mean, like, it's just sort of like him being nice to a kid that was running around that, you know, like in his life for 40 years or so. Yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of like, 
the frustration builds on the phone call. And then at one point he like slaps the wall next to the captain's quarters, like in frustration. Yeah. And I was just like, that's great television. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but it's also stuff like the moment on that call where Kendall says, is he gone? Is he gone? And he's like saying it in this well-meaning sense of like, he's trying to grasp like the final sort of, embers of his father but it also he said the way he's saying it and you know the context of his relationship with his father is the witch dead yeah yeah right it's like he's exercising a demon and he's or, or like getting a monster from under his bed is how it comes across right and it's like everyone for the whole episode is kind of warbling between that register and it even becomes a joke right in the form of carrie whose whole bit is that she has these like bizarre sort of emotionally inappropriate reactions to things. And she like smiles and people like, are, like she's in shock. <laughs> yeah. Like it is crazy. Like, I mean, it's like, I mean, like imagine somebody like, you know, one of those ridiculous home video stunts where somebody like puts an apple on their head and somebody tries to shoot it off with a bottle rocket. And then, like, you know, part of your hair catches on fire. And then she walks back across the room and is just kind of like, that was awesome, right? That's the kind of thing <laughs> that that's awesome. going on her. That was that's what's going on in her face, but she's also crying. Yeah. Like, yeah. and yeah, it does become a joke like that, but it's also like everybody does that like thing where they warble in between, you know, are we safe? And, you know, like, oh my God, my dad's dead. I'm supposed to feel something about this, right? Like, and I think it's probably like nowhere better is it executed than with Connor when he first hears the news. Yeah. Because I mean, like, they were all the, in the sequencing of this episode, basically the kids, or which we were, we were, this is, you know, like what everybody calls Kendall, Shiv, and, and Roman, but there are four kids, right. you know, and the, and the entire time they're passing the phone, in between the three of them and stumbling over their eulogies, you're like, oh, why doesn't somebody go get Connor? Why doesn't yeah. somebody go get Connor? Somebody needs to tell Connor eventually. And then they do. And like, man, Alan Ruck has been put, putting some fucking numbers up on the board this season. Because there was that one monologue during the karaoke session last, last week where he's just kind of like, I'm a plant that lives on rocks and the insects that die inside of me. I could live without love because I don't need it. That's what's mm. like. And when he hears the news of his, of, his, of his dad passing, there's like, he cracks like a half smile. Like almost like as if you got it. You're like, you're, it's somewhere in between you're joking and well, all right, we're all getting paid. Yeah. It's like and it's like it's because of what you know about the character and about the situation that that might be a thing that he's thinking. And yeah. then it feels like there's just all of these things going on underneath there. But he only says, you know, he never even liked me. And then he pulls yeah. up from that immediately and he's yeah. just kind of like, "Oh no, what am what I am saying? I like you guys are having a rougher time than me because like he loved you more, so I'm just going to, you know, try to be older brother for a second." But then he can't do it and he's got to separate it. It's just like so good. Um Yeah, man, I like I I did not expect to like Connor as much as I am liking him this season. Yeah, and even like the way he spills his guts to Willa, right? Where it's like, and she she kind of ends up being, I think, at this point in the show, kind of a dumping ground for these like 
Yeah, again, it's like the guy who feels like he has to play the older brother. I feel like lately he has been doing the thing where he kind of goes in his little tirades about like, I'm the older brother. Like people forget that I am the older brother, right? Yeah. And Willow becomes kind of like a receptacle for that. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. You're right. There's something about the emotional regulation of Connor who should like on paper really is like a minor character, right? Like the fact that in the rankings... Connor is somehow below Tom, <laughs> right? I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yet, um, yeah, it's he, there is something dramatically very potent about his Him experience. trying to actually process what his relationship is to his family in his own way, however weird it is, is yeah. like, begins to be a little bit endearing compared to how the rest of the kids are dealing with anything at, at the given time. Because, I mean, like, he's a buffoon. Like, yeah. there's there's no getting around that. Like, there, he's hilarious also. Like, there was the scene where he was just kind of like, you know, we're just getting some reports from pollsters that, like, you know, like, why 1% <laughs> might be squeezed. And then squeezed? Like, down from 1%? Because that's the lowest number. He's just like, well, you know, there's decibels. And he's, he's just like, it's funny that he... But it's like, although we are talking about a candidate, a candidacy for the president's office, like it's just his fun little project, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's he found just, a, yeah. He found his own little project to work on because you know what, being around dad and trying to participate in the family is fucked. Yeah, and it's like even like it's it's transparent enough with Connor that even in his own way, his presidential aspirations are just as much about sort of winning validation from his dad as Kendall's whole thing is. But but you kind of end up respecting Connor in a way that feels exceptional because as, as buffoonish as he is, he has the inkling of self-determination and self-definition that like Kendall has never had and that Shiv had in season one and then just totally like abandoned. Totally lost it. Like, yeah. and it's... Another thing that was on the New York Times right below that Brian Cox interview was them talking about the styling on the show. Mm -hmm. um, and I was wondering, because <laughs> I mean, like, I really got on the, I'd like, I'd, like, I don't, like, uh, I really went on Twitter and was lurking to see if anybody said anything about that sad-ass ponytail she had on. <laughs> like, and I, nobody said anything. Like, but it's like, <laughs> the, like the, the looks have been off all season. And somebody finally said in there, it's just kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like this dissolution of self-confidence she started experiencing in the second half of season two. After, like, you know, she was asking her dad, is this real? You know, when he was just like, hey, I want you to be the next president of Raystar, Royco, or ATN, or whatever it was at the time. And it's just been down from there. Yeah. Like, so, like, I mean, like, she was straight up wearing pajama pants in the first, like, in the first episode, I think. Like, and then, you know, well, they were all wearing black to a wedding. You know, which turns out it was actually about a funeral. But really, it was sticking in my mind. Like, you know, what is with the ponytail? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like it's she's it's coming apart fast. Uh, yes. Um, I man, I the dissolution of their marriage that that whole arc. I I have to made see what I feel about me that. So uh, they just they, like. I don't hate anybody on this show as much as I hate the two of them together. <laughs> really? Like, it's really like the, 
what was it? The at the end of episode two, like just that, they're like you know we're calling it quits discussion in the in the fold out bed in the living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, are you gonna leave? Am I leaving? <laughs> yeah, that. Yes. Do you want me to make like, love to you? <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like you. You don't want to talk about it. Like it's just so. All of it is just. Ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because, like, I swear, there's a part of this this series where I liked the Shiv Tom. Really? And it, it's like, yeah, I think like maybe the show is just that effective at, at sort of like showing the breakdown of a relationship because there was a point where I saw the magic and you're right. It's like by, by now it's just kind of like, this is gross. Get these people out of rooms together. Yeah. I mean, it's like gross. it's just, I don't know what it was that you were seeing. Cause I was seeing somebody that, you know, treats their husband as an accessory that they could do without. And somebody willing to accept that kind of behavior based upon the upward mobility they could have from it. Both of those are disgusting to me. Yeah, I, I feel that. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but okay, here's what we're left with. He, I'm, I'm curious about where the show goes, right? Because it's just like this has always been to my mind the kind, the kind of like fail state of succession, right? Which is that it now has to be, or it doesn't have to be. I don't know. Like it just feels like you're stuck with the siblings. Their track record of collaboration, backstabbing reversals is not great, right? So it's like, and, and it's like, you don't think Jesse Armstrong is going to like insult our intelligence with a happy ending where, all, where the siblings come together on some kingdom heart shit and, you know, learn the power of friendship and family, right? This Somebody the has to be arrested for a scandal before, <laughs> yeah. this, before, right. this, before this is over. Like somebody needs to be in handcuffs. Yeah, um, which which is weird because it's like, in a way, part of what's very effective about Connor's Wedding, the episode, is that it is one of those episodes that kind of underscores that in their own perverse way, the Roy siblings, there's something there, right? Like, there is a world in which these people could have grown up, could have been raised to realize that they're, like, enough for each other. Even if they're dad's a dick right like they have each other and they sort of have good rapport and like a good dynamic and they rib each other and they're kind of rude to each other but like the the love they have for each other in their own awkward grieving way even in this episode right even this sort of like ugly and sharp elbowed as it is right like they should be enough for each other but of course they're not going to be enough for each other in this show of course even with Logan gone this is still going to manage right to be I mean, a succession crisis. There is like they they were they got together. They read the state. They read the statement to the gaggle of reporters at the airport before they walked up there. Like there was the cute moment between Roman and Kendall where they're just kind of like, "You doing okay?" And it's just like, "You gonna be all right?" It's just like, "Yeah, you are gonna be all right." Yeah, you're fucked though. You're, you're fucked. fucked. You're, you're so fucking fucked. You're fucked. Yeah, it's just like it was <laughs> just that was like, oh, you know, that's nice, but then. At the end of the episode, they do all go their separate ways. Like, you know, Rome is just kind of like, I got to go. I got to go see the body. I got to go do it. And Kendall's just kind of like, I I just need to stay here with my thoughts. And Shiv leaves with Tom at yeah. the end of the episode. 
So, I mean, like that is as clear an answer as you're going to get as far as will they be able to successfully collaborate? Because the statement was bad yeah. and awkward. It was awkward. That's, that's going to drive follow up. Like, come on now. Don't take follow-up questions when you said you weren't going to take follow-up questions. You said you weren't going to take follow-up questions and then you took a follow-up question. The stock price dropped precipitously yeah, after that. Grand like, I mean, they were, they, they, like, they gave that <laughs> speech. They turned drop. around and walked 35 feet to the back door and the, and the stock price was in the toilet. That's, <laughs> that's how that's going to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like I I think that we know it's going to be disastrous. Um But yeah, I mean like it, it this was like one of those episodes where even though you hate all of these characters, you're like, man, that is tough. Yeah. <laughs> That's a rough thing. Yeah. Like to, to be going through. Yeah. Uh who else do we lose track of during this episode? We have the siblings. You have Tom who's on the Tom is in the weirdest position in this episode because he's on site, he's over Logan's body on the plane, right? And this is while he's having his sort of weirdness with Shiv. And then you have like we mentioned Carrie. We mentioned Frank. Jerry's right, Jerry's not on the plane because Jerry has been fired, <laughs> except you know, I don't know who memorialized that, but it's like uh, yeah. Frank, Carl Carolina. Carolina on the plane. You know, just has the lowest resting heart rate of anybody yeah. in the show. It's so crazy how like how smooth she is through like this. She talks everything. like a second grade teacher. Yeah, She's like a exactly. Second grade teacher talking she, to Carrie, like you're gonna go in the back room and change, and then we'll yeah, we'll uh, we'll give you next. And she talks there. to everyone that way. Yes. It's like it's just like okay, listen, it's gonna be all right. You know, um, we use our words here. It's just very like <laughs> we yeah. use our words here. We use uh, our words here. Stop. Uh, and then Greg, I lost track of Greg. Oh yeah, Greg has this weird thing with Carrie, and uh, who gives a shit what Greg is doing? This is like a this is not a great Greg episode. Um, yeah, I don't know. Succession is good again. Succession was yeah. always good. Succession is great again. I don't know. It's I I look forward to the rest of this series because it's like it is brave. It is brave killing Logan. At this juncture, right? specific and and in that way, also yeah, in that way, in that way, on the eve of this, like, and that's you know what the thing is to me too. It's like, it in a way, Logan dying is like the most spiteful thing he can do, right? Because it's just like his whole thing. It's he's not. I mean, Logan is a, Logan Roy was a lot of things, right? But he's not just he's not just purely like. He's not a pantomime villain. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. He I think he just sincerely like deep in his heart, right? Like when he says, I love you all, but you're not serious people, like he means that. He's not just he's not just on a power trip in succession, right? The whole show is him being like, I'm I'm serious. These these kids are not ready. They're gonna fuck it up. Right. And so him dying, like on the eve of this like weird merger with all these moving parts with the Swedish guy. It's like, oh, yeah, I I actually don't know that I trust that any of these people are going to land that plane. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, bro. Like, I don't think they're going to land the plane. Yeah. I think yeah. Logan could have landed that plane. I don't think Kendall Roy can land that plane. 
Yeah, and the, there is like the sort of brief moment where you're just like, oh, he's speaking calm now. He's starting to make a little bit of sense. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah. Because his... yeah, he's our, just kind of like, you know, movement. listen, I, we should grieve or whatever, but what we do today will always be the thing we did our yeah. day, the day our, do- our father died, which is true. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just that when he puts the sunglasses back on, yeah. that's when you, like you just know that he's about to fumble. Like, like, it's just like, like man, shit. just look somebody in the eye, you know, ask a question or two. Yeah, it's almost like in that moment, he's doing this like brief halting impersonation. It's like a soft spoken sort of channeling of his father. But you're right. It's like, OK, but this is the first sensible thing for you. You've said in this entire series. Right. And also yeah. you immediately put the sunglasses back on. I don't know that you're later than played, bro. <laughs> um I don't know. I, I think that's all that's all I got about this episode. Great episode of television. Um great two episodes of television to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Um, great season. We we skip the is it the first episode where they have that stupid conversation about they're doing they're talking to the pitch deck. And and Kendall's idea is like, wh- what is happening in Africa? <laughs> oh yeah, he's just, he's just like, listen, uh, what if we Need just global, global, uh, global, global, or hyper global, twenty four seven? Just what's happening in Africa? Just like what's going <laughs> on? Reb. You know, like would you would you would you watch that? Would you watch that? I'd watch that shit. I'd watch that shit. Just like no, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's also like that like scenes like that even if they seem like these kind of throwaway comedic beats it's like no but like his ideas are still trash bro like he is not going to land the plane he still has ideas like from global global to well, hyper local that <laughs> and like that that little command center thing that they had <laughs> in the bungalow where they had the assistants running around in the background while yeah. they were sitting on the couch watching. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a good, uh, like, shot that, like, of him, of Kendall and Roman sitting on the couch watching Carrie, like, absolutely torpedo her first, like, news yeah, hit on ATM. Yo, yes. <laughs> while they are supposed to be getting on the chopper to, like, to go into town for, for Connell's, rehe- Connell's rehearsal dinner. Doug, when he and opens the laptop, like, he's like, oh, I, oh, the video is playing. Yeah. He has to cut it off like real that's, quick. That's great. But I was like, <laughs> but no, when like, when Jessica's just kind of like, listen, but like she's waving her phone there. She's like, the chop, like the guy is calling me right now. We need to go get on our private chopper to the city. And like, uh, and Roman and Kendall are both just like, you know, like five more, like, come on, like we're watching this. We're watching come on five, four, five more minutes we're watching TV and kids just because like this is special this watching Carrie do this on television yes. is special, special. <laughs> not our brother's <laughs> rehearsal dinner <laughs> I thought that was so crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, Carrie Carrie really is a kind of like yes best sort of B plot <laughs> of a lot of the season so far um all right that, I think that's really all we got we, maybe we'll do more succession potting as the show actually ends but Yes. Um, best show on television for now. Listeners, email us about succession. You know you want to. Soundonlypod at gmail.com. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. Shouts out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs>